coming off a 10-win season with an ERA of 3.86. I'm Seth Goldberg. Next, I'd like to introduce... What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is this. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. Davis Brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin Brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, medium, old? On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. You're pointing me? Hey! Hey now! I gotta have the point. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, when we had Larry, who's been banished, uh, now we have Paulie. And let's go right into it and talk about this. I missed Monday. Please, yes. Uh, uh, trust me, uh, it was a long day. So I do a series of talk shows uh, at Fox uh, every month on sobriety. And so I do uh, at least two, and then a speaking engagement and some commercials and stuff that I do to lend my name, uh, and, and also people don't realize that when you do things and you're sober, you do them for your own sobriety. So this helps me stay sober to get out there and get the word out there. I don't hide you know, my past. My past is what it is, and it's gotten me where I am today, so I'm of service. So anyway, I, I, I fly in, uh, red eye. I land at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning in San Antonio. I have to be on set and working at 7 in the morning. So I do the shows, I then do four commercials, I then do a speaking engagement, I get right back on a plane and I land at 2 o'clock in the morning last night in Syracuse, get home, and I got up at 5 a.m. this morning. Oh, Hey now, yeah. he's so manly. <laughs> but let's talk about why Paulie the Mole is in here again today. No. As you know, if you've been listening carefully, Larry has been banished. Mm-hmm. He took a day off from work that was totally bogus. Mm-hmm. So he got kicked to the skids. He's gone. Uh, and, and, and according to him, he's happy about that. But you told me, Josh, yeah. that this was the great one, Ed Levine's dog dog whistle, that he, he couldn't it, stand. It, it was, yes, until I think that the magic of DB showed up. Well, and- I go in and I talk to Ed. We have a, you know, I think I'm going to the principal's office again. Mm. In a short month, I've been in the principal's office multiple times, which is not that I'm not accustomed to this right, role. Right, right. But but I go in because I'm learning. I'm learning different things. I've learned from you. Uh, I learned, definitely don't yell at you. <laughs> that was a nightmare. I'm, I am I got very every beloved in, the, in this I, building. Oh my God. I got every woman in this place going, hi. hi. They were like, hi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, hi. You kicked their puppy, essentially. Oh my he God, used, I yeah, did. You really did. The little squishy guy. I know, you, you did. <laughs> That was terrible. You, you threw him in a gutter. I, well, I, what, what time did I have? It was over by the time yeah, I noticed. It did. It yeah. did. It started quick. I accelerate quickly. I'm yep. a little Porsche when it comes okay. to that. By the way, the reason you yelled at me was because I wanted to put Larry where he is now. Yeah, exactly desk. what happened at the end anyways. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, uh-oh, uh-oh. no, because I, I have not been a producer of radio shows, but I have produced films and television. I would have taken the talent aside and said, hey, man, we think it's a better idea. And I would have said it as I'm walking in the door. By the way, he's not going in there, guys. Sit down. You know, so, so yeah, somewhere in the middle. Let's just call okay, it a middle. Yes. All right. So, anyway, so 
Josh tells me there's no way. I go, I, I, I pulled Josh aside. I said, Paul, he's great. He knows so much about sports. Mm. I said, you come in with the rock and roll side and you're funny. I go, it's a great compliment. I go, why can't we? Yeah, there's no way, Ed. I walk in the door. I goes, Paul, he's great in there. Yeah, but he's like, yeah. <laughs> he, he's totally saying, you got you to gotta, you gotta make sure with Paulie now. You don't let him get too far now. Don't let him get keep going on too leash, far. Keep him on the leash is what he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he tells you that too, doesn't oh, he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get get Paulie on the short leash. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't leash. talk. By the way, Paulie. Yeah. yeah, I know, but I'm terrified to talk. <laughs> you know, so. yeah, he, knows, <laughs> he knows his role. It's all gonna implode, yeah. huh? Because because as much as you, the loudness that I saw you yell at Paulie, I've seen the great one yell at him ten times that. So I can't imagine so whatever, the great one going like it's that. It's the only time I've ever seen him mad, and it was not even he wasn't even mad at Paulie or I. It was somebody else in the room. But Paulie Paulie is the he's the lightning rod because he can take it. So he just takes it. Like the, the, I think the great one would have yelled at Josh also that day, but Josh would have cried. I would have cried and ran to traffic. So you can yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I take cannot it. take it. You, 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 you're my prison, my roommate. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Are. yeah. So like when you, everybody even said when you when you when lost you, yeah, him, when we, he comes in here. You you had just obliterated him. In oh way, God, I didn't obliterate. You haven't seen obliteration. Well, to us that was a lot. Paulie's line was, "Can you hand me my soda?" And that was it. <laughs> Like, just watching him go, can you just give me my soda? And he just wasn't even phased by it, because he's a beaten down puppy dog. <laughs> well, you gotta, you, you know, the funny thing is, this reminds me of the first time I was ever with my family with Robin. Now, Robin is this, you know, very, very gentle flower, and she's so different than I am, and she's such a great compliment to me, and she keeps me level-headed, and, you know, she'll say things to me like, now, Daniel, we're all souls trying to get through life. You need to calm down. And she speaks like this yeah. to me, and she'll touch my shoulder while she's yeah. talking. And it immediately just brings me down. So she gets her first, we have a barbecue at Billy's house. <laughs> so she comes, right? Billy's got a bunch yeah. of his you know, wrestling friends from college. They're drinking it up. And we're sitting there, and every other word is F this, F that, yeah. and you, I hate you, and shut up. And We got in the car, and she was looking straight ahead through the windshield, and I'm backing out of Billy's house, and I'm driving down the road, and finally I look at her, I go, are you all right? She goes, do you always talk to each other like that? Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. She goes, but you seem like you were going to actually have a fight. She goes, I... I don't think I could be around that all the time. She got really. No, she got, my wife was the same way. Her family doesn't swear. They don't even curse. And she came over to my family Christmas one year, and my family's very loud. She came over and she witnessed us dragging our grandmother out of a, of a game because my grandmother was throwing punches. And we had to pull my grandmother away from the circle of people. And she was like, I don't. I don't know what this is. I'm not right, used right. to it. I go, that's how we do it. Yeah, that's it. That, welcome to the show. <laughs> the yeah. other thing is, like, I come from a large family, so if you don't get punched or yelled at during your regular day, it's not normal. Yeah. Where are you in line? By a baby of uh, eight. Oh, I was going to say. I was, I'm the I youngest just of eight. say, you remind me, even your disposition of Stephen. He's the baby. S Stephen was the baby of six, and, I mean, we, we tortured him. Yeah. My brothers used to make go-karts. And push them down hills, and I was the crash test guy. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. like I had no say; I was an infant, and they would literally put me in to see if it was safe and shove me down the hill. Stephen just horrified. He's up here visiting my mom, and so we go over, and Stephen turns around, and he's you know, and he hasn't had a lot of exposure to Robin yet, even though we've been together for years because he's always traveling around, and so he proceeds to tell Robin the story of he ratted me out about something. Now he's got you know like shorts on you know early 80s late 70s basketball shorts so they you know they barely come up to the middle of your thigh. No shirt, nothing. And I said, "Come on, we're going to walk the dog. Let's walk the dog." We had Rupert and Brunhilde. 
And Rupert was a big bulldog, you know, and he was very powerful. And so I took the leash and I lashed it to his wrist. So I slid it through the loop and pulled it so it would just tighten the more you pull on it. And I turn around, he starts walking along, he's pulling him, he's pulling him. Stephen was like six. And so I go, I go, come on, boy. And I took off down the street and ran straight out on the asphalt, on his chest, stomach, legs, and everything. And I dragged him like three houses down. It was... D- down to oh, d- down to the flesh. Oh no, no, he had no skin left. <laughs> I mean, I, he's screaming and oh. rolling on his side, trying to stop the other. You know, because he he and he had the rocks stuck into. Oh, oh yeah, we're picking him out. Oh, he's beautiful. The, the, peroxide the on most them. terrifying thing my brothers did to me was they had a ripping party at my house while my parents were out of town, and I said I was going to tell on them. My parents had an old Persian rug, and they rolled me up in it in like a, like a dead body. No. And then put me in the driveway, but told me I was in the middle of the road and there was a car coming, and I didn't know which way to roll to get out of the way of the moving vehicle. So it was like mental torture. I was crying and screaming that I was going to get run over because I was in the middle of the road. So here's ours. So we we were watching a movie with Bogart and and, and, and the East Side Kids, the Bowery Boys, was a TV series. So Slip Mahoney comes walking up to Humphrey Bogart. He goes, hey, mister. Are you waiting for that guy over there? And he looks over under the lamp down by the docks in New York City. There's this guy, and he goes, yeah, that's the guy I'm looking for. He says, you don't want to be doing no business with him. He's got the mark of the squealer. And the guy turns around the light, and he's got a huge scar all the way from like his eye socket down his chin, <laughs> which is what the Italians did. You know, the, the mafia guys, if you ratted, they slit your face open mm-hmm. so that you were marked for the rest of your life as a squealer. Well, we thought this was brilliant, right? Oh, no. So, of course, we're not going to slice each other's faces. <laughs> so my father was a school teacher, and he would come home with those big indelible ink pens, where if you got it on your wrist, it was there for a week. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. scrub it with sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. So we would hold the guy down, and we'd take Billy, and we'd mark his face. And no matter what you had, and you'd walk in, the, you know, in the hallways of grammar school, and someone would go, "The mark of the squealer." <laughs> we, 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 we made it famous, right? Yeah. So, so Billy rats us out about something, and we played a game with Stephen called Young Corporal. And so Young Corporal was, we'd go, Young Corporal! And Stephen was five, he'd come running and he'd go, Young Corporal, yes sir! And he'd have to salute us, so he'd have to say, repeat whatever we said, and then say yes sir and snap a salute at us. So Stephen comes running the room, we go, Young Corporal, go get us some bun cake and iced tea, right? Bun cake and iced tea right away, yes sir! And Stephen would run off and Xander and I, my, we call my brother Alexander, so Xander and I are watching uh, you know, the Jets against the Raiders or whatever. Billy, we had rolled up in the hallway rug, we stuffed a sock in his mouth, we put him in the bathtub, and we turned the water on his head. Oh, you waterboarded so, we, so, 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 so we're waterboarding, we're waterboarding oh. Billy. Well, we're now deep into the third quarter of this game, and Joe Namath drops back, he fires, oh, Blitnikoff, you know, whatever, we're watching the game. Steven comes in, he goes, what is it? He goes, he goes to start talking, we go, shut up, Steven. Request permission to speak, sir. <laughs> We're like, wait, he goes, the water's up to Billy's nose. We forgot. <laughs> Billy had been in the bathtub for like an hour. Oh. With the water truck. It filled everything up. It was up above his upper lip, cresting his nostrils. His eyes were the size of quarters. So now, listen, if Stephen was five, Billy was three years old. Billy was eight. 
I'm only 10 and Alex 12. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in there. We don't realize that the rug now weighs 300 pounds. Yeah. It's full of water. We can't get him out. And your brother's about to die. He's drowning. <laughs> so we pull the sock of his mouth and we're trying to bend his head up and we're bailing the water out into the middle of, uh, of the bathroom. We're just throwing it on the ground and we can't get, we can't get him out. This is how sick Alec is. He turns around. Billy goes, he finally gets gets back his air, and he goes, I'm going to tell mom. I'm gonna tell. As soon as he's said, I'm going to tell mom, Alec lowered his head back and stuffed the sock back in his mouth. The kid, kid's oh face. Oh, my his God. His face. His face. It was, it was torture. So oh. I understand your plight because we tortured my younger brothers. You we did terrible yeah. things. I do. I do. I do. I understand. You do understand. Oh, no, but you also it, it toughens you up though. And you getting yelled at's just part of life now. Yeah, you you're know? like a ping pong ball. You know, you get a couple of dents, you you know, you get back on the you table and hit. You can't hold against you can't hold something that stupid against somebody. No, so here we you, are. I got yelled at. Look at us on the next on the on the phase two of the Daniel Baldwin show. I, I wanna touch I wanna touch really base really quick. We're gonna go to break in a second, but I want to I want you to to gather your thoughts here. Mm-hmm. I want people to text us. What do we got for text wise? We've got uh, the text line is three one five two eight eight. 0644. First text coming in saying 55 more days till spring training. Obviously, they're counting down till baseball season. Uh, but 288-0644 if you want to get involved. Give us a call because I want to know. Here's two things that I tweeted out earlier. What does Josh do on a day off? Now, I told you what I did. I had to go to. I want to know. I want some details. What does Josh do? And then this, just true or false this for me. I am told that when you travel on the on these many adventures that you go on to cover SU basketball and football and the different things that you do in sports, that you travel with a, a, a war chest of batteries. True or false? It's true. True. Okay. I want to get into... Even I didn't go, know that about Polly. What's going on? Oh, I'm doing. Oh, listen, I have spies that go deep wow. undercover. I'm talking black ops. This is stuff. investigative journalism, yeah, oh, yeah. right? Oh, here. yeah. This is investigative journalism. Because <laughs> so I have some theories on what you're doing with those bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. We will come back. You guys can get involved. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Businesses and. The Crunch hit the road for the first game this week on Wednesday against the Laval Rocket. Join us for Countdown of Crunch Time at 7.15 and the puck drop at 7.30 on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Oh, and we're back. We got a call. We're not sure what the call about coaching is, but we're going to take it anyway. Come on, John. Johnny, hey, how are you, Dan? How's it going? Hey, brother, what's happening? Hey, not much. Uh, first, just want to say I really love your guys' show. I have a lot of respect for your opinions and your knowledge. Um, and well, thank you. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a U.S. Army veteran, and you've thanked me in the past, and I haven't gotten a chance to thank you for your show. So. Oh, What's your question, John? Okay, so, um, oh, and I love being able to go home and tell my family. I talked to to to, uh, to Eric Baldwin. It's been great. I, I love it. I'd like to talk um, to Eric Baldwin one day. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, do you guys think also, I, I believe that we lost a lot of coaching when Bernie Fine, well, uh, when we lost Bernie Fine, um, for, for good reason, I believe. But when we lost him, we lost our big man coaching. He really developed our big men into great players through the years. And I, I think that that was a huge loss that has yet to be replaced. What do you guys think? Well, I, I got to say that, you know, I looked at the guys when I went down and I watched them play the first few times. And, and, and 
it's not something that you know back in the in the when I grew up the Georgetown days when they rotated right through you know Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, you know John Thompson always brought in that that presence inside. It doesn't seem to be the point of attack for Syracuse University and Jim Beheim's strategy of how he wants to play basketball. So that's kind of one of those things for me at Syracuse where if you get a guy who can be a presence and and that can change some shots and grab some rebounds. He's not really going to be that dependent on that center to score. Anything that the center does, as far as beyond you know six points or whatever, is gravy at Syracuse basketball. That's how I look at it, Paulie. Yeah, I, I think the Bernie Fine had better centers when he was here. You know, they had Cycli. I mean, he developed Cycli out of nothing. Yes, he was a great big man coach, but I, I, I don't think there's been a huge drop off in play by the team. They've made more Final Fours without him than they did with him. So uh, I, I just. I, I think it's kind of a myth that that the the big man play has uh, dropped. I think there was just Syracuse got better big men because the Big East back then, and there was less, you know, more big men were going to only big schools back then. Now you've got mid majors getting the good players also. So I, I don't think that it's uh, a- anything to worry about. I think the big men will be fine, and uh, we'll see. These two guys they got now are basically. Infants, they're they're nothing, and they've got to build them into something big, and it's going to take a couple of years. Big men take four years. Yeah, I think uh, that that uh, Chalupa, let's call him the Chalup. I think Chalupa's going to be the man. I like him. Seven foot two. Yeah, I give think him a we, years. I think he makes a deal with Taco Bell right now. <laughs> Now's the time. I can sign him out. I can sign yeah, him out cheap. Thanks for your call, Chalupa needs to put on some weight. Yeah, definitely, yeah. guys. I appreciate it. You guys take care. Yeah, thanks thanks for your service, man. Yeah, Dolezal, I like him. He's just too skinny right now. I don't think he's going to be a center. I don't think that Dolezal's going to no, be a No, he will fill in occasionally, but they've got two good young centers that they're going to have to, you know. Look out for the Chalupa. Mm-hmm. I'm watching out for him. Yeah, man, the border's in order for him. It's my go-to. <laughs> so, Paulie, let's, oh, first of all, let's go to Josh. Josh, what does a day off look like for you? Because I was not here last Friday, so a day wow. off. I had. A, I'm cashing in some vacation time. Uh, I'm granted a certain amount a year, and I'm cashing those days in. Let's see. I slept in. I kind of put it all on my wife to 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 do what we got to do that day. So I you, slept in. She took the kids over to the sitter. That they got in the bus, went to school. You were you Hefner? You were Hefner. Yeah, I was walking around in my underwear for a little while and uh, like went out. Had a very fancy meal at a place. I don't know if you. Uh, a frequent place this fancy called the Cracker Barrel. I went there, <laughs> uh, treated ourselves to a nice lunch. Wow. Went and did a little Christmas shopping and home in time for the bus. And then I was back in my underwear that watching is TV. the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> did a little lunch the at the crack- Cracker Barrel. Yeah, the crack- barrel. What's yeah. the best restaurant in Syracuse? Best restaurant in Syracuse? I know the answer. Well, no. what's your answer then? I'm asking you first. Putting the heat on you. Best restaurant in You have Syracuse. to go. If you go to the one place you're going, where are you going? The one place I'm going would be, I like a Tassone's Wine Garden. I don't know if you've ever been to Tassone's. It's in Beeville. So I like Tassone's. Tassone's Wine yeah. Garden. Polly? I go where we do our Adrian Autry show, Stratomia. That's my go-to place. Another good is it one. Hard, you're an Italian. Is it? That's it's, a big it's good rating. good Italian. Best, best pork chop in town. I love pork chops. They got huge. Pork chops good, and appetite. Good pork chops. Pork chops and appetite. I like I it. know what yours is going to be. Where is it? Is it Joey's? No. Ooh, what is it? It's Krebs. Krebs? See, have I ever been to Krebs? See, people don't know about Krebs. Do I got to hand in like a special card to get it's into Krebs? It's in Scanny Atlas. Mm. It's on the main drag in Scanny Atlas. Uh, Adam Weitzman decided that he wanted a nice restaurant, mm-hmm. 
And so he buys this house. Nice. He brings in a chef from, you know, like France or whatever the hell he's from. And he puts this guy in this place. And I got to tell you, it is the best food in Syracuse. Wow. And it's just beautiful there. It's a really, it, it, it's not cheap, mm. but uh, he really did it up. Weitzman knows how to do it. Well, we got to f- try to trick Mr. Krabs into taking us out there. The great one, do Oh, uh, yeah. What about the great one? A little, a little a business lunch. So, 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 so well, let's not let you off the hook yet yeah. because. So you got to cash in. So you have a certain amount of days. Yeah, you're coming in, Paul. I, I do have a question. Is it Cracker Barrel a place you go when you're in For your furniture? Home, isn't it? When you're in your hometown, like you eat at Cracker Barrel when you're traveling. No, or am, you I go thinking, there. am I thinking of Crate and Barrel? Go ahead. <laughs> crate and Barrel is where you go. Like get, you can get okay. furniture at the Cracker Barrel too. I got a couple of chairs from there. You got a couple, yeah. chairs, a couple of ashtrays you lifted. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> Cracker Barrels when you're on 81, taking the family to Florida. You stop. I, I love, you know, dude, I you love a Cracker you Barrel. You don't a Cracker Barrel. What's the, what, what's the go-to with the Cracker Barrel? Oh, I, chicken fried chicken with some mashed potatoes, sawmill gravy. Chicken sawmill fried chicken. gravy and some biscuits. Mm-mm-mm. Daniel Man. Ball. Man. Yeah. You got to go to Roscoe's. Wife and I got out of there for probably 26 bucks. You got to go to Roscoe's. Chicken and waffles? <sighs> I would in, love to. In, in L.A.? I would love to. Nasty old waffle on a big slab of fried chicken. I've been on a search to find the best fried chicken in central New York. No one really pushes their fried chicken in central New York. I want to find some good fried chicken. If you guys ever get down to to see a Duke UNC game, Danes, chicken and waffles. He's not through the big dog traveling. I I don't know. I'm not allowed to leave the county. Right. <laughs> got yeah, I got a thing going on right now. He's got a report when he goes that's, to different places. <laughs> that's all I did, though. I didn't do anything fancy. There's, there's a red light that yeah. goes off on your phone. I got a call with a guy. map. Mm-hmm. How many people are Googling what the hell chicken fried chicken is? It's chicken fried steak, but they put the chicken instead of the, the steak. What's with the batteries? What is that all about? Why uh, is that, that standing up? People tell me about it. Because, I first of all, I used to, I stink at my job, and I never have batteries for the talent that need to record things. So now I bought a toolbox, and I just fill it with batteries and carry it everywhere with me. So if they have to record an interview or something, we're always good with batteries. So you've got a, a, a supply of various batteries in this toolbox? Uh, yeah, 9 volts for wireless uh, recording equipment and... Uh, Double A? Uh, double A for the, uh, rec- the handheld recorder. Got any triple A's? Yeah. yeah. Triple A's for the clock. Got any C's in there? Any D's? Yeah, C's, D's, get no. the fat boys. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't go that big. <laughs> got a flashlight? Yeah. What do you got in there? Got some got like stingers, some flashlight? straight jackets? Exactly. What do you got? Some uppers, some downers? Let's talk. Tell the truth. What are you really using all those batteries for? I don't know. Make the confession now. I have Mattel football still. <laughs> I was going to say, was gonna say you either got portable Nintendo... You, yeah, got one of, you got some game. His Game Boy's ripping through some, double A's. He That's does. The he's got yeah. some game thing, or he's yeah. got sex toys. It's one of the I two. Think it's sex toys, yeah. I think it's sex toys too. Oh, absolutely. oh come I on! I'd have, I'd have D batteries if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> he he plugs it straight in the wall. He hardwires that. Yeah. Does he? He's got the big cord. Yes. There's not. <laughs> there's not enough battery power. I in the world. was in San Antonio, and so there's this one place we call it the Spot, and this place is one of those mega, mega, gigantic uh, um, pawn shops. But I mean, it's it's you know the the jewelry section in this place. You know, some people hit hard times and they turn stuff in, and you can get like amazing deals. So I'm looking: do I get the girls? You know, like that that pair of diamond earrings that you're going to spend fifty bucks when they're five hundred dollar diamond earrings. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm looking around, and I saw Alonzo Highsmith's Arkansas Cotton Bowl ring. It has his name on the side. Of it. And I said, I want to see that. So the guy hands it to me. I'm looking at it, all crusted with diamonds, cotton bowl, has Highsmith on it. Blah. I thought, I felt so bad. 
I did. I felt terrible. Yeah. That his cotton bowl ring, and the thing was the size of a donut. You know what I mean? How much do you think he got for something like that? They were selling it for 600 and something bucks. I almost wanted to buy it to give it back to him. Yeah, I'd be like, here you go, man. Man, here's your ring, dude. What's going on? That that makes me think of this. Did you hear this Darren McFadden story from from the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I was telling him about it when we came in. What happened? He told his financial advisor to invest $3 million in Bitcoin three years ago. It would have been about two hundred and ninety million had his financial investor done it, and his financial investor took the money and did nothing with it. Did he steal it or just did yeah, he stole it? it and he, oh. yeah, so he's suing him for fifteen mil. So he'd have two hundred and ninety-two million dollars if his uh, financial advisor had listened to Does him. Does he have a record that he wrote, put it in writing that he had he wanted him to invest in? I'm guessing a, so. You'd have to have. A record, and then him confirming, yes, I'm going to do it kind of thing. But imagine going through like the past three years thinking, like, holy crap, I hit it with Bitcoin. Well, that's so so funny you say, because I told Josh this. When he mentioned this story to me, I said to him, well, a guy I do a lot of business with, I don't know if he'd want me to say his name, but um, he he owns a big production company, movie company uh, in Malibu. And so he has a building there. And so he, he, one of the two guys that uh, backed side by side pro- other production companies didn't have their rent money. They're kind of hurting. So he said, listen, we got, the, and, 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 and they have Bitcoin stock. And so they gave him 20,000 shares at 90 cents a share. This was six months ago. It closed last night at 630 a share. Oh. And so he goes, man, I can't sell till March. But now they announced a 10 to 1 split. So he's going to have... 20,000 shares at $50. They're going to knock all the way down to 50. Um, but he's going to have 20,000 shares to watch and see what it does. And then he goes, I mean, he could be worth hundreds of millions too. Oh, man. From, from this deal. I'm, I'm like, never in the right place at the right time. I, I looked at him. I said, well, I want to know what my end of that is. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I've been doing movies for you and doing stuff for you for years for nothing. So I hope I'm going to get like, you know, where's the bone? Yeah, it looks like when he would have bought it, it would have cost him $790 per Bitcoin. And right now it's worth $18,800 per Bitcoin. His business manager, by the way, was named Michael Vick. (laughs) Not the same one, but that was his name. Wow. Michael Vick. That's hardcore. We're going to come back after this break with the great Jerry McNamara. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse, checking in as he does on Tuesdays, courtesy of Drivers Village and Burdick BMW, assistant coach here, Syracuse Orange, Jerry McNamara. So I guess we can uh, start by going back to Saturday's game, and uh, anyone who doubted that the, the rivalry is still alive and well, I guess that was proved wrong. That was quite the uh, quite the dust-up on Saturday, man. Yeah, you know, it took us a while to get going. Um, you know, similar had eerie feelings to the first half of the Kansas game where we had opportunities to take advantage of the game and, and, and going even to the Connecticut game, really. Uh, we just never were able to control the game offensively, get off to a good rhythm. And, you know, you go into the break four down. So, you know, second half, I, you know, I think the pressure kind of changed the pace of the game, gave us more offensive possessions. We gave up some, some easy layups, but we also forced some turnovers and some quick shots and, um, you know, kind of got the offense going into more of a rhythm, more attacking rhythm. Uh, O'Shea was he was pretty darn good in that second half. Uh, you know, it's a lot to ask of a freshman, really, of any player. Uh, but he came up big, and you know, I, you know, I thought it was a good response for our first true road test. You know, to be down 13 in the second half and to be able to perform the way we did over the last 10 minutes of the game, and 
uh, to hit the three and come back and get the steal and tie the game and, and really to have a chance to win it in regulation was a uh, you know, pretty darn good performance by our guys in the last 10 minutes. You don't want to call it a fluke. I mean, but is this, is this how we're going to see O'Shea play for the rest of the season, we hope? It'd be hard. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he was so good. Uh, he, you know, the, the big thing is he hit threes. You know, that's, that's, you know, you always see him go to the basket and offensive rebound and make plays to the rim with his athleticism, his ability to handle. But it was, the, you know, the difference maker was the fact that he hit threes. Uh, when he's doing that, he's, you know, he, he becomes an elite player. Uh, that's what the elite players do. They can score on all three levels. Uh, he did that in the second half, as did Tyus and Frank. Uh, I thought Matt Moyer played a really good game, really efficient, only took four shots, but made three of them, had 11 rebounds. Um, so we got contributions, but O'Shea's performance was, was dynamic. And, um, you know, such a luxury to have a guy that you can give the ball to and, and, and you know, isolate him from 17 feet and make a play. And uh, he was as good as it gets in that half. I mean, if that's what we expect uh, every night from him, he's among the elite players in college basketball. I mean, I know that we uh, we all saw the game, and, and like you said, the, begin- the first half, you guys didn't really have the lead since three minutes or so on. Well, not to go too much in the locker room, but what's that conversation in the locker room there uh, at halftime? Well, I think it was just like Coach said. You know, it was it was pretty simple. You yeah. know, we've got to get our offense going a little bit. Um, you know, uh, in, uh, things can change so quickly in the game. Um, and, and then I thought it was, you know, somewhat masterful of, of not that we pressed, but when we did, gave us enough time that even if we did give up a few bunnies, which we did, uh, we could still maximize the amount of possessions we, we were able to create. And, uh, you know, that just bought us a little bit more time to get in the rhythm. And, um, you know, that's the big thing. The message was, listen, we're fine defensively. We're doing a good job. I mean, we knew we were going to pack in and, and try to play a difficult game on Jesse Govain. He's a pretty good player. And, um, you know, he proved that against us, but you know, we knew they were a little bit limited from the perimeter as far as the ability to shoot. We did a good job covering that two for 17. Um, you know, but it was about our offense at that point. We felt like we were giving, you know, the, the there was two things in the first half and you know, the, the, the main, the main thing was the fact that we allowed them to score in transition. Um, that's where they manufactured the majority of their points. And, uh, once we eliminated that, you know, when we forced them to execute in the half court, we were pretty good. And uh, so then the message just became about us getting into a flow offensively. We weren't able to close the gap, and that's where the pressure came in and just speeding up the game and it allowed us to get in a little bit better rhythm. On the phone, Jerry McNamara, assistant coach to your Syracuse Orange. And I know that you said all season there's no teams that are real cupcakes. Uh, Buffalo tonight and the Bonnies on Friday. Let's start with Buffalo. What do you, what are you thinking going into tonight's game? Well, they're fast-paced. I mean, you're talking about a team that's averaging 82 points per game. Uh, you know, six guys now with the kid, uh, Kenneth Smart, coming back for last game. He scored 12 points in last game. But, you know, that gives them six double-figure scorers. So, you know, I think when you think about these guys, you think fast-paced and, and, you know, dynamic offensively. And the kid, C.J. Massenburg, for them has been terrific. You know, shooting 47% from the three-point line. Um, you know, 31 for 66 on the year. It's pretty incredible. And, you know, they have all the other multiple guys that have hit threes as well. So, you know, they have inside-outside. You know, their big kid Perkins, uh, Nick Perkins for them, who's their second-leading scorer. You know, I had a chance to watch them against Bonaventure, both of these guys, when they played against each other, and the kid Perkins was terrific. You know, big physical post. You know, he could step out and make shots. He's hit 13 threes on the year. So, um, you know, I think that one of these things, you know, you can play a lot of these teams and, you know, some of the teams that we played, we played the Colgates and who execute great against 
zone defense. You know, we played some mid-major really good teams, and you can you know almost anticipate a slower pace. I don't think we anticipate a slow pace against these guys. They want to get up and down. They want to score. They want to play fast, uh, which is a fun type of style for us to play. Um, you know, but it's a little bit terrifying because they are they are able to to fill it up pretty quickly, and uh, you know it's going to magnify our ability to defend the perimeter and. Uh, maximize defensive possessions and get defensive rebounds. If you allow second chance to second chance points to a team that's capable of going off offensively, you're in for a long night. So I think I think against these guys, uh, it's going to be a fun game because they're really good. Uh, but it's also about the style of play that they go. You know, Coach Oates has these guys playing at a high level. And then coming up Friday, St. Bonaventure currently first uh, in the Atlantic Ten. They're coming off a ton of wins. That is not a team that you can you can sleep on. That's not a team anybody could sleep on. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have the type of guard play that they have uh, with Jalen Adams and, and Matt uh, Mobley, these guys are arguably, you know, you can make the argument that they're the best backcourt in the country. Mm. Um, they're really good. And, and, you know, I think the big thing for them this year is they're starting to get some contributions from a big guy, and they're starting to get some contributions from two wings that are long and athletic. So, uh, these two games for us are, are huge tests. You know, obviously going into the, to the Christmas break, you know, we're sitting in a good position as far as our record. Uh, our only blemish being against to a good good Kansas team, and sure. um, you know, these these we view these two teams as tournament type teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we think Buffalo and, and St. Bonaventure, um, you know, are are as good as anybody we've played really. Um, you know, especially the Bonnies on Friday with their backcourt duo i mean they're as good as anybody so uh this is what our team needs our our team needs to play against opponents like this if we're going to prepare ourselves for acc play and um, buffalo and st bonaventure are two very big tests for us well jerry i thank you for your time man best of luck tonight thanks for taking a few minutes on a game day and uh best of luck against buffalo and the bonnies on friday my man my pleasure i appreciate it happy holidays you too jerry bye-bye all right. We check in with Jerry every single Tuesday, brought to you by Drivers Village and Burdick BMW. We will reset and come back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. The home of the Giants. Play fake, and pops it, throws it over the middle, completes it underneath. Odell Beckham Jr. racing into the end zone for the touchdown. He turned down the Jets on the slant. Giants football is brought to you by Burdick Lexus. Third and goal from three. Manning out of the gun, takes the snap, he's back to throw. He has time, throws it to the end. The home of the Giants. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. It's the duel in the desert this Thursday when the Orange women take on Mississippi State. Tip time 530. Orange pregame 515. On the pulse of the Orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Got the point. Make the point, Paulie. I want to talk to you people about. And we're going to do people. new people. You people. All of you How people. Dare oh, I'm you. not talking about my audience. My audience are my friends. Oh, right. You're just you people. No. <laughs> I want to talk about what does the holidays look like for you? And so we're going to run this now Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday until the completion of this week, this segment. What does the holidays look like? And I'm going to go first. Go I first. think that you brought up some good points too in the beginning with like your brothers in town and what goes from there. Listen. It's my family. Definitely food is gigantic in my family. I mean, food, the preparation, eating. Look for the fat boy to be coming rolling in here after New Year's for sure. Nice. Okay, so now we have 
There's the bowl games that we're going to traditionally watch on television during the holidays, which now there's like 600 of them. So, and ESPN will cover every single one of them. So, but in my family, it started as the granddaddy. Now, I pitched this as a 30 and 30 because I spoke to like 20 of the greatest and biggest college and, and uh, pro football quarterbacks and said to them, did you play a turkey bowl? I wanted to do the granddaddy yeah. of all. The real granddaddy, not the Rose Bowl, not the sugar cotton orange, the turkey bowl. Everyone that ever played sports played in a turkey bowl as a kid. Yeah, can you imagine the Mannings telling the stories of what their uh, childhood uh, turkey bowls are what like? What was that shootout like yeah. with the father playing? Yeah. So the turkey bowl, it started in my family as the turkey bowl. And my brother Alec, who can really throw football, mm-hmm. back in the day he could gun it. And he had no touch, but he could throw a laser for like 35 yards. I mean, he could really chuck a tight spiral. So I would always quarterback the other team. But I just had a a better vernacular about football and how to exploit him and beat him. So he's never beaten me in a turkey bowl. Now, he will deny that, but he has never beaten me in a turkey bowl. So about, we're starting, well, I guess I'm about five years old. So now I'm about 12, and I'm seven, seven in a row in turkey bowls. And he comes up with the Baby Jesus Bowl. So the Baby Jesus Bowl, we play Christmas right after we open the presents. We go outside in the snow and we played the Baby Jesus Bowl. Now he loses like four of those in a row and in those four Baby Jesuses that he lost, he also lost four more turkeys. So now he's like 0-11 and, and I'm 16 and he's lost and he comes up with the He's Arisen Bowl. <laughs> so the He's Arisen Bowl is on Easter Sunday. And so we go to church, we do the whole thing, and then we go out on the golf course and we play, and he wins the inaugural He's a Risen Bowl. So bowl games, we still, last year, at 56 years old, I played in the Turkey Bowl. We did not play this year for the first time in a long time. And I played, I threw two touchdowns, caught three in a losing effort. It was terrible. Oh. Terrible. Terrible. Still hangs over your head. It does. I I can feel the pain. Mm -hmm. So now we've got the NFL, and all the games are going to be played in the NFL. The college bowl games, now it's nighttime. And we're going to get into board games. And we're going to play Monopoly, Pictionary. Uh, um, we're going to play something. On Who board suggests game. the board game in the Baldwin House? You know, it, it'll be a consensus. People again, But re- when that game starts, it starts out light. And it gets... We used to play the game. Do you remember the game of life? Oh, I still play it to this day? Okay. So you've got the little hills and the green hills mm-hmm. and you drive the car over. And in the car are pink or blue pegs. So we were so evil that my sister Jane would finally, you know, she was seven and mm-hmm. we were 12, you know, so we uh, logically they, they fall off in, in descending order based on chronology. So here goes Steven and we would take his car and my brother Alec would take the car and go, <laughs> and then roll the car over the hill and, cr- and crush the pegs. Oh, tragic. Oh, and you do all the sound effects of like the bodies breaking yeah. and people dying, in the <laughs> and the kids would cry and run. Yeah. Daddy, daddy, Xander killed my two kids. You know, so yeah, so what, there'll be heated matchups, and then it breaks heated. out into like complete. It, 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 it won't get to having to tow grandma out of the yeah. picture. We're not going to do that. Um, but uh, there'll be some smack talking. Oh, good. There'll be some smack, and there'll be some, you know, some some dab in you know, the whole bit. Oh, the, oh yeah, we dab. We had yeah. uh, two rolls at my house for Christmas. No booze. Why? Because of the large family and alcohol does stupid things and no board games. My mom made those rules. No booze, no board no games? Booze. No board games? No, because the booze and the board games are the <laughs> fisticuffs. But if you took the booze out, can't you still play a board game? I think the fights are still going to happen. We're the type of family that, you know, in a legendary showdown, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the genius edition, 
you know, the, the, you know, the, the answer would be whatever the answer is. Be, and you would still catcall, you know, Cabeza de Vaca, baby. Remember that one, honey? Remember oh, you're Ca- still bringing it up? Oh, yeah, you're yeah. still bringing up yeah. the victory on the last question, the come from behind, you know, three sections of the pie. The Pictionary that made no sense. And you're like, that's right, not a pencil. Right, yeah. Who does, does a pencil yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, no one does it, but remember that? Yeah. Mm, yeah, 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 baby. Remember me mm-hmm. walking the dog? Got it on the last picture, <laughs> and you, you see a stick with you know a pile of poop, and that was walking the dog, Aww. and someone got it. I love that. I love it all. Yeah, I, I think the family used to play Trivial Pursuit after every dinner after dinner on Christmas, and it just mom one year said never again, never again. Oh, I'm streaky in Trivial Pursuit. I love that game. We play a bunch of just like random like unwrap the present games and uh, like hot potato games. Nothing is. Now is there evolved? Is there, it, it, this is I'm on a plane coming home last night, and a guy in front of me is from Ohio. I went to school at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, and they played euchre. Oh yeah, I've heard of euchre. Okay, euchre. Not Bob is, euchre, but the game euchre. It's not Bob euchre. It's not Bob euchre. So euchre is kind of essentially kind of like spades. So the the, uh, the the two black jacks, so the spades and the clubs are, tr- you know, or if they're Trump, if clubs are Trump, then the black, the, the club, the jack of clubs is the highest, the jack of spades is second, then it goes ace, king, queen, like that. So, and you have to have a partner, and you, when they flip the card up in the middle, you decide whether you want to pick it up and make it Trump or not. Mm-hmm. But you're playing with somebody else, he has to help you make it. So that communication, you're not allowed to say anything, to, so you look at the person and go, Pass, you know, like like you're I have telling nothing. Him. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, tell- yeah. You're, you're, get you're, out. You're te- get out. Unless you're, or you can go alone and kick your partner out, which is worth like double the points. So this guy brings up euchre, and it brought back this this flash of memories that I brought this game back from college and taught my family. We went at it in euchre games oh, for I'm sure. sure. For sure, we went at it. There was fisticuffs involved. So leading up this week, you'd like to celebrate what we do for family uh, tomorrow. Get-togethers, I yeah. need to hear in the last segment. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a typical. Joshy Josh family. I can give you that. Holidays. I want the blood and hair. I, I want can it give all. You that. Yep. I want it all. And you're going to have to do one too. And then let's bring in like a very short segment and bring Larry in. Oh, I'm sure that'll be we're uplifting. Gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we want to hear <laughs> Disappointment. Yeah. Can we bring Larry in? Nice stare at a ball of hair and go to bed at oh, three in the beautiful. afternoon. It's beautiful. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll hand it over to Brent X. He's going to keep you company until six o'clock. Of course, you can get involved on the text line with him, and then uh, we'll read those tomorrow. Anything for us? 288-0644. Thank you again, Liverpool Pool and Spa. This has been the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse.